So are you looking for something to listen to in between episodes of Brave Not Perfect? Hungry for some more courageous feminist voices? Tune in to Popaganda, Bitch Media's twice-monthly feminist pop culture podcast. Popaganda's glamour season is streaming now. It'll explore feminist fashion, witchy beauty rituals, the death of diet culture, and more. This show is hosted by the feminist writer, editor, and digital media superstar, Carmen Rios. She's spent over 10 years talking back from the feminist front lines. Propaganda features feminist activists, thinkers, and legends alike. Each episode grapples with the urgency of a feminist future, and it charts a course towards cultural change, which is what we desperately need. Don't just sit pretty. Subscribe to Propaganda today, wherever you get your feminist fix, to make sure you don't miss a minute of the glamorous stuff yet to come. Hey, it's Reshma. Welcome to Brave Not Perfect, the show where we break away from the cult of perfection so we can live our fullest, most authentic lives. Today, I've got a really special show for you. I'm going to get vulnerable and talk about something that is such a huge part of my life right now with someone who is the biggest part of my life right now, Amber Wadsworth. Amber is incredibly important to me because she's carrying my baby. She's the reason I am able to have a second child. And by the time you hear this, I'm going to be holding that little munchkin in my arms. And I can't even believe that it's happening because for so long, this was the one thing that I wished and hoped for that I just felt like life was eluding me. And Amber's giving me a gift and a gift that I will never be able to repay. And I am so grateful. Struggling with fertility has been the hardest thing that I've gone through. One of the biggest, biggest challenges in my life. And motherhood kept calling to me, miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage for eight years. And I would go through that experience and that journey by just putting the pain aside, almost like locking it up in a drawer. I didn't tell anybody. I kept pretending like everything was okay. And then finally, a miracle happened. I got pregnant and I was able to carry that pregnancy and have my first child, Sean. But I knew that I wanted more children and I kept thinking about all those babies that I never got a chance to have. And I had to look my inner perfectionist self in the face and really tell myself I cannot medically, physically, emotionally carry that next child by myself. And that if I wanted to have a baby come to term, I was going to have to let that go. And then Amber came into my life. And while I started this process to have another child, what I ended up finding was so much more. I found a sister. I found another family. I have found love. And I found that love at a time where I have never been in, in more pain. And then I felt like I just couldn't go on um, and fight another day. And so I couldn't be more thankful and more happy to introduce you to my sister, Amber, and to share our conversation with you right now. Do you remember the first time you thought maybe you wanted to be a surrogate and why? The first time I ever thought about it was when my oldest brother wasn't able to have kids with his wife. Um, And they kind of explored options. And that's when I kind of 
I started thinking about it. And that was before my son was thought about. And then I had my son and thought, well, maybe that was my clue that I shouldn't do surrogacy. (laughs) And then it was, I don't think I can go on without doing it. It was just something that I felt like I needed to do. So like the first time you learned about it, because your brother, so you had not really known anyone who was a surrogate, heard about it before. And then what you like, did you start reading about it online or? Yeah, um, that's when I started looking it up and seeing what it was all about. And I was like, you know, the first trimester is rough, but I love being pregnant. And I said, I would love to give somebody a little Charlie or Colton. So why not? So then once you kind of made the decision that this is something you wanted to explore, did you meet someone who'd done it before? Or did you find a find an agency online? Or for those who like know nothing about how this happens, will you like tell us a little bit about how it works? Um, I looked it up online. I Googled surrogacy to see what it was. I looked at different agencies. Um, all the different websites have different ways they go about explaining how surrogacy works. Um, And then from there, I kind of picked the top five or 10 agencies and started looking through them and then, you know, filled out applications to a couple of them and talked to the recruiters through the agencies and just kind of went from there. So I know your husband a little bit. What did Tim think? Was he like, this is great? Or like, what are you talking about? Or like, what what did like Tim, your mom, your dad, like, like, what did people say? Um, well, my husband was kind of, he wasn't sure. Like, why would you want to do that? Like, why, why? And so, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't negative about it, but he wasn't sure about it at first. Um, and then he got on board and got super excited. Um, my dad thought I was crazy. (laughs) My mom was supportive from the beginning, which she's usually whatever I do, she's right there supporting me. So, And then everyone else was just kind of like, well, I do what you want to (laughs) do. I remember talking to your mom about this. Like, she actually wasn't surprised when you first told her that you wanted to do it. She said something to me like, you've all, like, it's like you've always had this, like, loving, generous spirit of, like, wanting to give back. And so she wasn't surprised that this is the, like, the way that you wanted to do it. Um, So you find this agency, you kind of get everybody on board. Uh, What about like your friends or your colleagues or how how did, did you feel like there was any like stigma to it or, or, or what? Um, Not so much stigma. I got a lot of questions. There was a lot of people that don't understand surrogacy or why anyone in their right mind would want to do surrogacy. Um, So it was just everybody I meet, it's questions a whole bunch of questions, just how it works and why would you do that? And it was, it's been a lot, but I haven't really got much negativity from it. Yeah. Just a lot of curiosity about it. Yeah. So now that you've been in the process, has it been what you thought it was going to be? I know this is weird because you're talking to me about it, but. When I filled out the application with our agency, One of my things was, is I wanted somebody that was open to having an open relationship and to have, to build the bond. And that was one of the things that took me a while to get to be matched because, you know, they have a lot of parents that don't want that open relationship that just want, you know, the surrogate to carry the baby, you know, and then see them at birth. And that was it. Well, that's not what I wanted. I wanted to have the relationship. So that's why it took me a little bit longer to get matched 
Yeah, it's so funny because I always feel like you and I are like so similar. And in many ways, it's like, uh, how can I say it? Like, like, I don't always feel like I'm this like really effusively loving person. Like I do like these sideways hugs and like kiss people like on the forehead. I don't know. But at the same time, right, I, I feel like you're a little bit that way too. But it's funny how like both of us wanted to like have this experience with someone who was actually going to be really open. So like when you met me, did you feel like I was like this open person or were you not sure? Um, I think when we first met, I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> because I felt like instantly we are much alike in that way because I'm not a very open person when I first meet people. Yeah. But I knew exactly what I wanted out of this. And I kind of felt that same vibe from you. So it was, I mean, instantly I thought I was like, this is going to be great. This is going to work perfect. It is true. Like, it's bizarre. We kind of are, like, so, like, the same person. Yeah. <laughs> and our husbands are, actually, Tim and Nahal are really similar, too. They are very similar. <laughs> right? They're both, like, these man children. And, yes. like, <laughs> but so sweet and so kind. And they're actually more gregarious and, like, huggers and, like, effusive than, like, we are. Okay, so I just also, you know, I've told you so many times, like, I think what you're doing is so brave and so, so incredible. Like, and we've been through so many journeys and you're, and you're working full time and you're a full time mom and you're a badass, like working in, in the ER as a nurse. It's like, it's a lot. And what do you feel like in this journey, like, have been some of your, like, bravest moments? Oh, goodness. So I think the thing that's been the most to take on is the beginning the beginning with all the medications, all the weekly appointments. The first trimester, I mean, even before transfer, um, I think really puts everybody to a test. Um, I know my marriage really went through it, and it took a lot for my husband to be as calm and relaxed and understanding as he was. Um, but I knew that before I went into this, that if my husband wasn't as relaxed and laid back as he was, that we would have never made it through that. The hormones that are running through you are unbelievable. I mean, it's not your first trimester of your own pregnancy because you have added hormones. And it was, it was rough. I was, I was a mess. And I was not an easy person to get along with. Um, but af <laughs> after the shots and after all the medications and we stopped taking those, I kind of went back to normal. Then we just went to regular pregnancy hormones, which I mean, he's been through regular hormones four times now. So he was good. <laughs> he was okay with those hormones. <laughs> but it was emotional. Yeah, because it's a lot. And I think a lot of people who are listening who've done IVF or egg freezing. It's like, it's a lot of meds, a lot of stuff on your body, which is hard. Yeah, I, I answered these questions too. Like when I think about this, I think for me it was, I am such a um, type A control freak. I'm always a little skeptical like of people and of situations. And so I think I've really had to like trust and I've really had to let go. And I think that there are moments where it's like, especially, you know, in some of the some of the places, you know, with the baby's heart and all that stuff, like I've had to really been like control myself and, and to just trust and to believe. And I think that's when I have to find myself being like the most brave. Yeah. 
Oh, for, so for everybody who is listening, let me tell you what we're talking about. Basically, I think, I guess, Amber, what, 20, maybe in the 26, 27 week, you went for one of your checkups and the doctor discovered um, a VSD, which is essentially, you know, a, a congenital heart defect uh, in the baby's heart, like a, basically a small hole. And for those of you who don't know, like when we do these appointments, because surrogacy is illegal in New York, Amber lives in Kansas and I live in New York. And so what normally happens, like our, our path is like, I know she has an appointment. I call you and I say, good luck. You go do your appointment. I text you 10 times probably when it's going on. And then afterwards you send me some pictures <laughs> and some notes. But like, you know, that's that's been our process. And Amber kind of says, hey, can you talk? And normally when you send me a text message being like, can you talk? I'm like, ooh, it's either not necessarily bad news, but like, you know, something, right? And of course, for all those of you who had kids, there's always something, right, Pregnant in, in pregnancy. For me, I feel like because we had built this relationship and the sisterhood, like, it made it, it, made it easier because I could ask you things and I knew you were taking care of the baby and I could, you know, you were there for me. And, like, you know, you were with us for that whole process the entire time, which, you know, I think if we didn't have this relationship, probably would have been hard. I don't know how people do it, you know? Yeah. The open relationship makes a huge difference. I remember when the, the whole VSD thing came up and trying to tell you as much as I possibly could. Be, yeah. Because we are a lot alike in the control manner. And I was like, <laughs> Sh- she's going to want to know this. I would want to know yeah. this. Right. And Right. You know, with all the the different going to the different tests and stuff, that was that was a lot. But I know it needed to be done. Yeah. Were you scared about anything when it came to surrogacy? Like, what what was like your fear? Um, my f- I think my fear was to not have the re- the relationship because I mean, you read the stories where the parents, you know, are full force, like completely with it, want the relationship too, and then they just kind of disappear. And that absolutely terrified me. Um, and then, you know, after the first transfer, I was almost traumatized. And then I think if the second one didn't work, I don't know what would have happened. Yeah. So for those of you listening, we did, we had, we had uh, the first transfer, the, the embryo didn't stick. And then we did a second uh, transfer and the embryo stuck. What, do you say that because you f- were worried that you would disappoint me or, or what What were you feeling? I think, it, yeah, I think that's what it was. It was disappointment because hearing the disappointment in your voice after the first transfer was, it was saddening to me. And I know that it kind of broke everyone's heart. And so having to go through the second transfer with that in mind, but I think the second transfer, I did absolutely everything in my power to make sure he stuck. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you did the first. I also think the second transfer to, um, remember we were like in that room in California and we played that John Lennon song, Beautiful yes. Boy, and like we were both there together and it was just, I felt like being in that room that it was going to work. Yeah, it made a huge difference. Yeah, I think so too. And I think in some ways the first one we weren't like at, in the connected in that same way and it and, and so I think the second one made a huge 
huge difference. I know. I mean, look, I think for me it was, even this whole process, it's because there's been so many miscarriages and things haven't worked out. Like I'm always waiting for the second shoe to drop. And I think that's why the VSD thing was so hard because there, there were moments, you know, over the past 10 months where I was like, I don't know, I'll be working out or smiling or dancing and I'll feel like, oh, guilty that I'm happy because I think for 10 years of going through all that fertility, I just, I wasn't, you know, and I was holding a lot of trauma. And I think there were moments over the past, like, you know, nine, 10 months, right, that I've been like, oh, this is what it's supposed to feel like, you know, to feel joy. And, and so I'm always so grateful to you for allowing me to feel that way. So I love you. <laughs> just if I haven't said it a hundred times. <laughs> Um, what do you wish people understood about surrogacy? Um, one of the questions I get a lot is now that I'm towards the end, how are you going to feel when you give the baby away? And they, they word it just like that, give the baby away. And I look at them and I said, well, I'm not going to feel bad when I give the parents their son. Like, you know, I didn't, I didn't go into this thinking I'm giving away a baby. And I think that's one misconception that, you know, people don't understand is, you don't go into this journey thinking thinking that way. Like you are giving someone a child, their child. It has nothing to do with you. And I think the the science behind it is what people don't understand. So powerful. Because you know, you know what people always tell me, like when I say I'm having a baby via surrogate, they say, wow, that's so smart. As if like I'm doing it because I don't want to like – gain weight or you know what I mean yeah ha and and it's the same thing like you know you don't do this because you choose to do it right like it is like in it, for men you know for me it was my my last resort to have a child um to have my own biological child so there's so much misconceptions I think on both sides about what people how people are going to feel or what they're feeling or what their motivation is and it's so interesting um are you worried about how you're going to feel in basically either three days, 10 days, 13 <laughs> days? We're, we're, we're on baby watch. Um, I've talked to Tim a lot about this. And I think I've told you, like, my connection with you is stronger than I feel like it is with the baby, which is hard to understand for a lot of people because I'm physically connected to the baby. But I'm so excited for you guys and so happy that you guys are about to meet your son that it's it's hard to explain because it's it doesn't this pregnancy doesn't feel like my own pregnancy, but I think the happy will overcome anything else when he's here, and I think just seeing you guys with him is going to be amazing. I mean, a lot of people think I'm going to be sad and it's going to be depressing, and some surrogates feel that way, but I don't. I just don't see that for us. I see a lot of happiness once he's here. You're totally making me cry, but um, <laughs> I know today it was like we were we we're go all going back and forth about when we when he's coming and when we should come down and and Tim's text message like oh my god I'm so psyched for you guys it's happening I can't wait for you to meet him it was so beautiful like how excited he also is for us to meet him and how excited we are and it's just um, yeah it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I think we are all just 
so excited. And um, we were talking, we watched this um, birth thing on Netflix not too long ago, and this lady was giving birth on the TV, and he's over there crying. And then I look at him, (laughs) and I told him, you know, I didn't cry when I gave birth to my own children. And I told him, I said, I'm going to be a hot mess when this baby is born. (laughs) And then he said, well, I'm going to be too. I'm crying, and I don't even know this lady. (laughs) I said, oh, God. (laughs) We're all going to be just like bawling. Yeah. In the in the delivery room, I know it's going to be so amazing. Um, have anybody asked you? Because you know we're Indian. Have people have they been surprised that like we come from like totally different cultures and different cities and different places? Has that been something that's popped up? Uh, the beef thing has definitely popped up multiple oh, like- times. <laughs> <laughs> I was just so everybody knows like I don't eat beef and it's I'm Hindu and so I asked Amber. Uh, to not have beef uh, during her pregnancy. So when when you're like, I'm not eating this hamburger, people are like, what's up? Yes. Um, <laughs> I've actually went to Steak and Shake a couple times and asked for no patty and just a bun <laughs> because I had this <laughs> like awful a- craving for the garlic sandwiches. Ah, like a true Indian. That's basically what all of us do around like McDonald's and Burger Kings across America. Yeah. So it's it's been interesting. Um, but now we don't have... Almost, I don't think we have any meat in our house. We're not even eating chicken anymore. Um, we're all plant based, so it's kind of it's actually changed our whole lifestyle, which has been interesting. Oh wow, I didn't know that. So it's yeah. supposed to be like super. I mean, I I my that's like incredibly healthy. And now you're all you all love Indian food, and Tim's become like this Indian chef. Yes, he has. <laughs> Anything else you want to share or talk about? Um, I think surrogacy is wonderful, and I think it takes a lot out of a person, a lot more than a, anyone would imagine. I mean, it's taken a lot more than I thought it would, but it's worth it. Every second, every doctor visit, every shot, every medication, it's all worth it. Um, and I'm looking forward to the next 10 days or three days. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Pregnancy is one of the hardest things you I mean, you're putting a baby into the world. Like, that's just incredible. And so it takes a lot out of you. And I'm so grateful. I got Amber a, a mug that says, you know, my, my, what was it again? Oh, do you remember? What does uh, it say? I make families. What's your superpower or something? <laughs> I saw it. I bought it for her. I loved it. <laughs> I make families. What's your superpower? I like, yeah. there's no other better way to describe you. Anyway, I'm so grateful that like we met each other and that, you know, it's funny, even after everything we've been through, I think this was the, this was, I would choose this way to have my son again because I got to meet you and your family. So I'm forever grateful. Now you're going to make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) That was Amber, one of the most important people in my life having a conversation with me about our surrogacy journey together. I so appreciate her coming on the show, and I so thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, definitely make sure you're subscribed, and I would love for you to share it on social media or with a friend. That's going to help the word get out so we can support even more women to choose bravery over perfection. Hey, I'm Ashley. I'm the producer of Brave Not Perfect. And I've got a very special update for you right now. Reshma's little munchkin, Sai, is healthy and came into the world on January 25th 
surrounded by a very big, very happy family. Now, as for surrogacy being illegal in New York, there's actually an effort underway right now to change that, and Reshma's involved. The same day this episode comes out, she's going to be lobbying state lawmakers with hundreds of other supporters to end the ban. And New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has made legalizing gestational surrogacy through the Child Parent Security Act one of his top priorities for 2020. If you're on social media, Rushma would so appreciate you sharing your support for surrogacy using the hashtag LoveMakesAFamilyNY. If you're in New York, she would be especially grateful if you emailed your state lawmakers to let them know that you support the bill. Rushma and her family are so thankful for your support. And of course, I've got to let you know what's coming up on our next episode. Rushma is going to sit down with the incredible Corinne Jean-Pierre of MoveOn.org for an honest and raw conversation about mental health. They were like, okay, our eldest child, you're going to make it. You're going to be really successful. You're going to be a doctor. And I was, I was stumbling. I didn't make it to a place where I thought that I uh, would be successful in that field. And when that happened, I thought I was a big disappointment to my family. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen so you don't miss out. A new episode of Brave Not Perfect comes out every other Tuesday. Today's episode was produced by me, Ashley Dejan. Tanya Zaporonik and Charlotte Stone are my wonderful co-producers, and we, of course, couldn't do it without support from Deborah Singer and Jenny Josephson. I also want to give a special shout out to Olivia Quintana and Norhan Albermally. They're my colleagues who are always working really hard behind the scenes to get the word out about the show. And I also want to give a thanks to Nomeen Ojiadine for recording Amber's side of the conversation in today's episode. See you soon.